This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the Bama Online Podcast. This one on Monday, April the 19th, post A-Day 2021. You've got Travis Schreier, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com, joined by Charlie Potter, does an outstanding job on the Crimson Tide beat for us there at BOL, a veteran of the Alabama beat, Mr. Charlie Potter. Charlie, we talked about it a little bit before the podcast, and this is sort of that uh, downtime right now. After A-Day, before the draft, an opportunity for Charlie Potter to catch his breath a little bit, it sounds like. A little bit, yeah. Uh, you get a, a little bit of a taste of what the, the summer months will bring, but uh, you have the NFL draft starting next week, so yeah, that's always pretty time-consuming because Alabama always has – Seems like double-digit guys taken in the draft, but it's, I like this week because you can kind of reflect on the spring. Because in some instances, it seems like you know we were talking about spring football and position battles and whatnot for a while, but then it also feels like it, it flew by pretty fast. I mean, we had a year without spring, so it kind of took a little bit of adjusting to get back in the swing of things. And heck, before you know it, it it's already over with a day, you know, finishing up on Saturday. So I like this week to kind of reflect. I've started that you know, over on the website with what we've learned and I'll, you know, dive into more of that as the week progresses. But yeah, I mean, catching your breath is a, is a good way to describe it because you had spring football practice. You still had some draft stuff going on with pro days and you know, that stuff and, and talk really never seems to cease. And then you had basketball. So it was a, it was a busy, you know, late March, early April uh, around here. And, and now it is kind of good for it to be a little bit quiet. I say that, you know, probably during this podcast, something will break, but <laughs> <laughs> right now it, it's pretty quiet. Of course quiet. it will, Charlie. Yeah. We, we've still got some baseball and softball and the like, uh, which we'll certainly keep you up to speed with as well. Alabama baseball on a nice stretch here, winning five of six in SEC play, including a series weekend series win over the weekend over the Alvin Tigers and then Alabama softball, of course, always right in the mix, both where the SEC is concerned and then uh, trying to get one of those top eight national seeds, Patrick Murphy's team, uh, as it looks to weather some injuries once again here in the last few days, a common theme, unfortunately, for this Alabama softball team, although it still maintains its place among the top five to seven teams in the sport at last check. But we're going to talk a lot of football, as you might expect, on the latest edition of the Bama Online Podcast. And Charlie, Nick Saban told us after last Thursday's practice, several, several members of this Alabama football team 
likely to miss the A-Day scrimmage, and I'd say it delivered on that statement in terms of who was available for Alabama uh, in its final practice of 2021 spring drills. Yeah, I mean, we, we knew going into it, Alabama had held several guys out um, just from a an injury standpoint from the beginning of spring. We knew that guys like John Mechie and uh, Emil Echior on the offensive side of the ball, uh, Malachi Moore, Fidarian Mathis uh, on the defensive side of the ball, guys like Pierce Quick, Trey Sanders, I think Braylon Ingram. A lot of guys were, were dealing with, with injuries, and, you know, that's not surprising to see them not – you know, go through practice and participate in the spring game. But um, you had a sense that there was going to be more and not just from necessarily an injury standpoint. And that was the case when you had 10 scholarship players that I didn't see out there uh, while just coming over pregame warmups. And that included a couple of starters on defense with Will Anderson and and Christian Harris. Uh, The linebacking core was really kind of depleted, even though I think that um, both inside and outside linebackers still kind of showed off its depth there. You had Will Anderson, Christian Harris, Shane Lee, and, and Drew Sanders out. Uh, a couple of the freshman receivers and Ja'Cory Brooks and Christian Leary. Uh, Marcus Banks is a guy we've mentioned a couple of times on the podcast as someone to, to watch at the competition at corner. He didn't get to participate in the spring game. Uh, and that includes guys like Darian Dalcourt, the second-team center. Um, you know, Jalen Milrow has been the 13 quarterback and then, oh yeah, Brian Robinson, the, the first team running back throughout the spring. So yeah, that's 10 notable names. And, um, of course you got to you know, go through the, the guys that were injured and then, um, you know, guys like Evan Neal and JV and Cohen, who Nick Saban didn't necessarily like being asked about, and uh, his lead up to the eight day game. Uh, they played for a little bit, but didn't really see them do much in the second half. So they were without several players, I think at times, um, you could tell <laughs> that, that several guys weren't out there, but at the same time, I think Alabama was able to get a lot of young guys some experience and with so much or having to replace so much on the offensive side of the ball and on defense, it's good to get those young guys some, some game reps. And I think that will benefit them in the long run. So let's talk about sort of the obvious when it comes to positions of particular interest, as far as, needing to replace big name entities, big name producers in the past couple of years. Let's talk about the offensive line, Alex Leatherwood moving on to the national football league, Landon Dickerson moving on Deontay Brown. Uh, That's one of those spots. I would guess that even with Chris Owens coming back for the sixth year, even with Evan Neal back, even understanding that Emil Echior will be back in his place in all expectations come the uh, fall camp, uh, a place where the, the competition, right, at a couple spots is going to carry over into, into fall camp. I think so, and I, I think they have options that they feel good about. Um, I think it's safe to say at this point you can – Pencil in Evan Neal at left tackle. Emil Echior will be at one of those guard spots. We didn't see him practice at all, so we don't know if he's going to move from right to left. And then I think Chris Owens will probably be the guy to beat at center. But uh, just looking at that first-team offensive line in the spring game, you had Tommy Brown at one guard spot and JV and Cohen at the other with Kendall Randolph at right tackle. We saw Damian George uh, get in the mix there and and play some guard into tackle. Um, I think a guy like Pierce Quick, who didn't play this spring because of an injury, it could be in the mix. And, and those guys on the twos, um, you know, I think the five-star offensive linemen are, are still names to know. Guys like Tommy Brockermeyer and 
J.C. Latham. Um, you know, they have some other you know young guys uh, around that I think have, have done some good things. But you know, it's just it's all about finding the the best five, and they have some quality candidates. I think that's one of the big takeaways from the spring. It's just it's still a work in progress. I think those young guys with learning so much, whether it's just coming in and, and learning a college playbook for the first time and even focusing on some future opponents, Alabama likes to do that in the spring. And Nick Saban said it best. Those guys' heads were probably swimming a little bit. But I think as the spring progressed, they were able to kind of um, you know, learn and um, you know, get more comfortable. And again, with, with guys like Ekior and Quick out, um, you know, Neil and, and Cohen were banged up a little bit. Darian Dalcourt wasn't able to, to scrimmage on Saturday. That gives those young guys opportunities and it gives them a chance to, to look and see what they can do and to you know, try to formulate and figure out how you're going to put this offensive line together. But yeah, I think this is one and it's one of several that could probably carry over into to fall camp. And I don't think what we saw on the field Saturday will be what we see to start fall camp because you obviously have to throw Emil Echior in there, but then they can assess it and, and move things around as the offseason progresses. Yeah, I think they're going to be fine in the interior with Owens and Emil, uh, and then maybe it's JV and Cohen, maybe it's Tommy Brown at one of the guard spots. I think right tackle is going to be fascinating to watch play out. I think in a perfect world, Kendall Randolph can still be sort of that Swiss Army knife for you along the offensive line and also don that number 85 jersey when you need him to at the tight end position, but in terms of the big picture of a guy that you want to put in that spot and maybe you have to grow with him a little bit, but in time, a relatively short period of time, you, you feel really good about the position. And when I think of those type of candidates, well, it's hard not to think about one of the two early enrollees and Tommy Brockermeyer and JC Latham, as you pointed out, highly recruited. I thought at times, and again, we're going to make too much out of an A-Day game because, well, it's really all we got to see this spring. But either you showed at times. I mean, the the edge rushers, even though it was more of the depth guys like Chris Braswell and Q Robinson, um, you know, they did some good things. Uh, Jamarian Latham did some good things uh, also off the edge and working against those young guys. I just think between now and August – one or both of those guys are going to take it to another level. And in my opinion, most likely be the option at right tackle. How do you stand on right tackle looking ahead to, to fall camp? Now, I think we're in the same boat. Um, I would probably throw Damian George's name into that. Yeah. Mix as well, yeah. that's a, that's a big dude. And we could see that, um, you know, last year when he came in as a true freshman. But I, I do think when you look at the track record for Alabama, and how they've you know implemented these young um, guys into the lineup, especially those guys that are the the five stars, the the Cam Robinsons, the Jonah Williams, the uh, Alex Leatherwood and Jedrick Wills, the Evan Neals. They they like to get them on the field, and and those guys a lot of the time uh, come in ready, uh, college ready at least. And I, I do think they like having Kendall Randolph on the field, and I think he can be that uh, blocking tight end because you don't have a Miller Forrestall or a Carl Tucker back this year. Uh, you know, Jaleel Billingsley showed what he can do from a tight end uh, aspect, at least from a receiving standpoint. I think he still, you know, has to improve a little bit as a blocker. And you know, Cameron Latou seems like he's going to take that next step. And Nick Saban's even talked about what he can do from a blocking aspect. But you would like to have that beef up front when you can run the ball with all those backs you have. So I think they'd like to keep 
Randolph in that capacity. I, I just think that eventually um, one of those true freshmen will probably step into that role. And you look at it, um, J.C. Latham's been on the right side of the line, I think, the entire spring. Mm-hmm. I, we even saw him get some reps with the ones in, in a couple of the scrimmages. Uh, so I would probably lean toward him. You know, again, you know, talk about those guys coming in college ready. You know, he's 6'6", 325, coming from IMG Academy. And that's not a knock on Tommy Brockermeyer. It's just, you know, this guy looks like a college offensive tackle. And he's going to have mm-hmm. to, you know, go through some growing pains. But I do think that one of those uh, true freshmen will, will find their way into the lineup. Maybe it's not by the Miami game. Uh, or maybe it's down the road. But I think that they'll find a role in some capacity uh, at some point in the season this fall. Yeah, it's comforting to know that you have a veteran like Kendall Randolph. If he's your best guy in that spot going into Miami, well, you're okay rolling with him. Um, But you you know what you got in Kendall Randolph. Where it's going to be critical for these young guys is, again, the time between now and August. And you're right, Damian George, you got to include in that mix as well because he could could help you at guard um, and be in that mix. Additionally, so uh, I think right tackle, though, uh, when we get right down to it and we get into fall camp and you start getting into a scrimmage or two, uh, that's where a lot of eyeballs are going to be looking and a lot of ears are going to be listening to see what happens at that right tackle position. Charlie, let's talk about wide receiver a little bit after Saturday, because I think Ajay Hall demands that we talk about wide receiver after his performance with the second team offense. But uh, this was a guy that came in highly regarded a couple of the other early enrollees, not able to go as you outlined earlier on the program, but Ajay Hall really stepped up in a big spot in front of a big crowd on national television and looked totally comfortable with sort of that expectation that he might very well be the next big thing for Alabama at wide receiver. Yeah, and um, it is worth noting that guys like uh, Ja'Cory Brooks and Christian Leary weren't able to scrimmage. Um, Mm -hmm. That kind of altered, I think, what they wanted to do with the wide receiver position because when you looked at the roster when it came out, uh, Xavier Williams was with the white team, which is the first-team offense. But I think they might have felt a little bad for Paul Tyson and gave him a little help at the position. And I do think that Jai Hall helped out because – you are depleted at other spots, and the defenses have played, both of them played well uh, throughout the spring. So having him out there and having him make some of the contested catches that he did, I think, was impressive. Um, you know, I, <laughs> I remember asking about John Mechie after his uh, MVP performance in his first A Day game, and Nick Saban kind of preached about not making these guys stars after a spring game. So I've kind of pumped the brakes a little bit. But I think (laughs) to say the least, I think Ajay Hall's performance was impressive and uh, he could be that next guy. And they, frankly, I think they would love for him to be that because, you know, we know that John Mechie hasn't practiced this spring because of an ankle injury he was dealing with last season. Uh, You know, Slade Bolden, I think, will be in the mix uh, there in the slot. And they've even, I think Nick Saban talked on the broadcast about maybe, you know, moving him around a little bit. And then we saw some decent things from, from Treshawn Holden. You know, Javon Baker's a guy that has generated buzz, but he didn't really do a lot in the spring game. But to see one of those freshmen come in, I think it, it speaks to the position and, and what they need. They need guys to step up and to, to be playmakers because they're losing two big-time playmakers in Devontae Smith and, and Jalen Waddell. So to see one of those young guys go out there and compete on the second team, 
I think is big. I still think it, you know, maybe a concern or something they'd like to cut down on is the drops. Uh, Jai Hall really didn't deal with that in this game. I think, you know, the freshmen have dealt with that throughout the spring. Uh, and same goes for the sophomores. But um, no, I mean, if you look at the position and where it stands right now and you kind of subconsciously take John Mechie out of the mix, having a guy like a Jai Hall go out and have a big spring game, I think is very beneficial for Alabama. We're going to take a break here on the Bama online podcast. When we come back, we'll get into some cornerback and some quarterback talk with Charlie Potter. Also front seven depth in general. Boy, was that on display Saturday in the 8A game. We'll do that and more when the Bama online podcast returns right after this. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. And we're back with more of the Bama Online podcast. This one post 8A. 2021 Travis Ryer, Charlie Potter here talking Crimson Tide football with you. And as promised, Charlie, another one of those positions that we're sort of anticipating having some carryover where competition is concerned into fall camp involves the Alabama secondary with an emphasis on the cornerback spot opposite Josh Job. And you got to start, I think, by giving Jalen Armour Davis a lot of credit. This was a guy that went into spring drills as sort of the first guy up and was impressive in his final practice of spring drills with three pass breakups in the spring game. All that being said, though, Charlie, we know it's one of the newcomers that folks want to talk about the most, right? Yeah, I mean, starting with uh, Armour Davis, he did a, he did do a good job. And you know, we talked about Javon Baker uh, before the break and we saw five on five a lot, and uh, mm-hmm. there's. <laughs> you look at Javon Baker's stat line; he had uh, one catch for four yards. So, you know, hats off to um, Jalen Armour Davis for what he was able to do. And I, I think he exited the spring as the front runner there. You know, he started the spring with the ones and really maintained that throughout all 15 practices. And you know, it's it's good for him because he's a guy that's you know dealt with injury. You know, he came in the same class with. Josh Job and Patrick Sertan, and maybe is more the forgotten guy among that group. But uh, I think the coaching staff feel really good about him. So uh, I think he exits the spring in good position to set himself up for maybe a starting job to start the season. But like you said, there's there's always competition. And at the corner spot, they have a ton of options. Um, you know, Marcus Banks wasn't able to scrimmage. I think that um, that kind of sucks for him because I think he's a guy that they feel good about, but that allowed a guy like Jaquincy McKinstry, the true freshman to shine. And you know, he's a guy, um, you know, I, I put together some game balls. I usually do that after every Alabama win. And since Alabama always wins the eight day game, um, <laughs> looking at that one, uh, he, he played well. Um, you know, he had a couple of turnovers. The interception was big, which set up the game winning field goal. And, um, you know, he's a guy that Nick Saban has been all over all spring long, but that's usually an indicator of what Nick Saban sees in someone. And, um, yeah, I think Kool-Aid's a guy that could be, uh, in the mix for playing time this fall. 
I think it was also telling that he was a guy that was first up as a punt returner for the white team. Mm-hmm. And um, that could be something that he um, he does this fall. But I think corner, you know, listing those three guys, of course, you know, Josh Jobs, the returning uh, starter there. They still have other guys that are worth mentioning, guys like Ronald Williams, guys like Brandon Turnage. They're going to have some guys come in in the summertime. Uh, Jacquez Robinson, someone we saw uh, play some star in the spring game. So there's plenty of, of bodies. There's not a ton of experience, but I think they feel pretty good about where things stand at the cornerback position right now, just in terms of depth and what guys were able to do throughout the spring. And you mentioned the star position because Malachi Moore is unavailable in the spring. You saw a lot of Brian Branch in there. Uh, you mentioned Jacquez Robinson. I think you had even a walk-on or two maybe working in that spot, but what are you anticipating there? Is it as simple as Malachi Moore getting healthy and then jumping right back into that role? Or do you think Brian Branch between the spring and also what he was able to do, I guess, in the college football playoff as much as anything uh, at the end of last season is we've talked about it. They, they, they kind of went into last season that way, Branch and Moore. Are you thinking it's going to be similar to that in year two of those guys being on campus? I don't know. I think it's going to be fascinating to see how it plays out because I think they like both players um, a lot. And you mentioned it last um, preseason. We just heard Brian Branch's name a lot throughout the beginning of the preseason. And I think he had a little bit of a setback and that opened the door for Malachi Moore. And he didn't really you know, <laughs> relinquish his hold on that star position. Well, now the roles are kind of reversed. I mean, Malachi Moore hasn't done anything this spring. He was dressed out. Uh, for the game, but didn't play in it. The same goes for a lot of guys. I think Phil Mathis, Emil Ekior, Trey Sanders were all dressed out, but they didn't play. Um, so how this secondary shakes out as a whole will be fascinating to me because, you know, we, we saw basically a, uh, a two-man rotation at the safety spot opposite Jordan Battle last fall. This spring we only saw DeMarco Hellams uh, with the ones, but Daniel Wright has experience there. What they do really in the slot with both of those now sophomores will be fascinating. And then the corner spot. So um, I do think, you know, we, we saw a couple different players at the star position, you know, not named um, Brian Branch. I, I do think that guys like Brian Branch and, and Keelan Robinson, you know, it was iffy if they were going to play in the game. Just so to see them go out there was was good news. But I, I am very interested to see how it plays out and what it'll look like when Malachi Moore is back healthy and on the field. Because like I said, I mean, the roles are basically reversed of what we saw happen in the preseason where Brian Branch was the guy. And then he had a setback. Malachi Moore stepped in. It's the opposite. Now Malachi Moore has a setback and now, you know, Brian Branch is being able to see a lot of playing time. So that to me is, is going to be something I'm going to make a note of. And hopefully we're back on the practice field when they start preseason camp and we can see it with our own eyes. But Nonetheless, it'll be a, a talking point moving forward. After Saturday, though, I'm left to wonder if it even matters who plays True. back there because depth in this pass rush, man. <laughs> I mean, we knew what Christopher Allen and Will Anderson were going to bring back to this defense. Um, but then you see some second-year guys that needed some time, like Chris Braswell, uh, Q Robinson, no Drew Sanders either on Saturday at outside linebacker, but then here comes, you expected a Latham to sort of be a standout in the spring game, even a Latham with the first initial J, but you didn't think it was going to be Jamari and Latham, the defensive end, but 
he was outstanding. Now he's working with the twos. He's going against a lot of young guys on that offensive line. But, um, boy, a lot of reason for optimism when you just talk depth in that front seven in general, including the inside linebacker positions where Deontay Lawson looked great. Demoy Kennedy did good things. Ian Jackson, another early enrollee, doing some good things as well. Uh, but when you think about the edge pass rush potential specifically for this team, for this defense, Charlie, it's kind of takes you back a little bit to maybe some of that Tim Williams, Ryan Anderson type stuff. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, uh, I posted on the site this morning, just, you know, what we learned from the spring and, you know, of course all the talk is about the quarterback and that's what you ask about, you know, following the scrimmages that are closed to the public, but everything I heard was about this defense and notably the front seven and just how dominant it looked. And of course, you know, that we've talked about it already here, you know, Alabama's, you know, mixing and matching and trying to figure things out on the offensive line that's without some players. But, you know, Chris Allen and Will Anderson have been unblockable this spring. You know, they could be you know, the best pass rushing duo in the country this fall. I don't think that's that far-fetched of a statement. And then the guys that are, you know, in between them along the defensive line, there's a ton of experience there. LeBron Ray is getting healthy. Uh, uh, you'll have Fidarian Mathis back from injury. You have Justin Aboigby and Byron Young and DJ Dale and Tim Smith. And I think, you know, Tim Smith was, was working with the twos a lot, but that second team defensive line has done some good things this spring, whether it is Smith or it is Jamarian Latham. He's a name that's popped up a couple times. Jamil Burroughs, Stefan Wynn. That's just, you know, that's, that's a lot of depth. And we don't really see a lot of substitutions at the outside linebacker position. But the A-Day game is what allows you to really see the true depth of that position. Um, you have guys like King Makuda and Chris Braswell, who we didn't see at all last year, come in. And he was pretty dominant against that first-team offensive line. Uh, like you mentioned before, Q Robinson. There, were, there was no Drew Sanders out there. So those young guys were able to you know, get their hand in the dirt and, and make some plays. And it really just shows the, the depth of this front seven. And the, the inside linebacker position is the same way. No Christian Harris, no Shane Lee, but the young guys went out there and uh, did their thing. I thought Jalen Moody looked really good. Looked and great. Yeah. I think he's a guy that, you know, it, it's going to be tough to beat him out of that wheel linebacker position. But guys like Deontay Lawson and Demoye Kennedy and Jackson Bratton, they all did a nice job of stepping in and, and seizing their opportunities. So, yeah, this defensive front seven is just – really really nasty when it comes from a depth perspective and um you know it it's just you list all the players that weren't out there and they were still able to to you know hold um teams to basically one touchdown combined because the 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 other touchdown scored uh, by the crimson team was off of a return fumble so it just goes to show the dominance that they've been able to do from start to finish through spring yeah, fans look at the inside linebacker situation right now, and you see Jalen Moody, who is very deserving of first-team status right now. You see the next wave of guys like Deontay Lawson and Jackson Bratton, Demoy Kennedy, uh, Shane Lee, as we know, didn't even participate on Saturday. And you think, oh, you don't need a Henry Toa But the way coaches think, Charlie, as you know, they think about – August of 2019, when your top two guys go out with ACL injuries, you can never have enough. You can never have enough quality talent really at any position on the field, but it will be interesting to see how that plays out here in the coming weeks. 
But Henry Toa Toa or Henry Noah Noah, I think Alabama is going to be just fine uh, at inside linebacker, no doubt about it. Hey, let's talk some uh, let's talk some quarterback. We need to do that. I think it's I think that's a, a it's a state mandate that uh, we talk quarterback following an A day game, especially when there's transition at the position. But I thought Bryce Young showed exactly what you hoped he would show. Was he perfect in the game in the scrimmage? No. Uh, did he sometimes take a chance or two? Yeah, he did. Um, but at the end of the day, the attributes that you expected to see from him, the ability to extend plays, the ability to also deliver from the pocket, despite the narrative about his height and those type of things, uh, his ability to make really great throws off platform. We got glimpses of that stuff during some small stretches back in the fall, back in the 2020 season, but I thought he put it pretty much on full display. And, you know, you talked about this in our in our uh, predictions for the spring game. You talked about the tight ends and the running backs, and, boy, it was a big day for those positions. I had a Jai Hall. Well, I actually had one of the freshman receivers going over 100, and a Jai Hall came close. He lost one reception to a penalty that might have put him over. Nevertheless, Charlie, um, I thought our predictions before were pretty good going into the game and coming out, but uh, uh, we, we saw a lot of the, 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 the running backs and the tight ends doing some good things as far as scrimmage yards are concerned. Yeah, I mean, they distribute the ball all around, and I, I think that goes to show just the um, the lack of a, a playmaking receiver, and it was good to see, again, the Jai Hall kind of step up. I think Treshawn Holden did some nice things but had some drops, but you know, the, the strength of this offense right now is its running backs and the two tight ends. Um, you know, even without Brian Robinson, you know, Roy Dell Williams and Jace McClellan, I think they both eclipsed 100 all purpose yards a piece. Uh, Keelan Robinson, again, he's a guy that I think it was questionable if he was going to participate in the scrimmage, but he did. And, um, you know, he's a guy I think they're happy to have back. Trey Sanders wasn't out there. You don't have a Kamar Wheaton on campus yet. So I think, seeing the running backs not only run the ball well but get involved in the passing game is big because that was a big part of Najee Harris's game last year and then you know you saw Jaleel Billingsley uh, emerge late in the season especially whenever Miller Forrestal missed the Kentucky game but to see him kind of take that next step and then have kind of a one-two punch with him and Latou who had just a, a great spring I think he's probably the guy that his stock rose the most this spring that's, that's big for this offense and I think it's big for Bryce Young and for him to kind of distribute the ball to them and, and really orchestrate this offense in a um, respectable way it is big. Um, you could see him, you know, being vocal out there, kind of leading the, the troops. And, you know, whenever they would make a play, he would uh, kind of be the first one over there. That's something we've seen several of the quarterbacks, you know, that have taken over the job really do too. has started to do it. Matt Jones did you, is great did at you, it. Did you put much into Bryce Young being a game captain? I thought that was pretty interesting. Did you? Yeah, I, I thought so too. And I mean, again, how many times can we say it that how many guys they had out? But yeah, him and Chris Owens going out there was big. I mean, I think if it, it doesn't surprise me, the quarterback yeah. was that. I think we could probably see if Brian Robinson was healthy, he'd probably be out there. But um, no, I, I think that was huge because that's something that Nick Saban has talked about you know, throughout the spring. Is just I, I think they know what Bryce can do from a talent and ability standpoint and that was on display in the a-day game like you said it wasn't perfect but you can see the foundation of, of what he can be 
But the important thing is for him to take command of this offense and be the man. Nick Saban said that he's mentioned that to him several times. And you could kind of see him be a little bit more comfortable with that because he is a quiet kid. Um, you can tell that just from the, the interviews from his recruiting days. We haven't talked to him yet, of course. Uh, but it, it's a situation to where I think the A-Day game was big for Bryce because he was able to go out lead the team to a win. He passed for over 300 yards, and he did it without his number one running back, without his number one receiver, without a starter at right guard, and then with a couple of guys that are probably expected to start playing only half the game. So I think that's big. And at the same time, too, Bryce is working with limited personnel. That means Paul Tyson is, too. And I think he he did some good things. Um, But I I think at the end of the day, when you look at the spring – and the spring game, it's pretty clear that Bryce is the front runner right now and probably the favorite to be the starting quarterback this fall. Yeah, I thought Paul Tyson did some good things. You're right. I think Paul Tyson is what Paul Tyson is. He's a pocket quarterback. He's not yeah. going to extend plays like Bryce Young. I don't think he has. I think if, if you don't think Paul Tyson has improved, you need to go back and watch his tape. And not that he wasn't a really good high school quarterback because he was, but when I watched Paul Tyson's tape in high school, I thought, wow, this guy's going to have to speed up the process a lot in terms of getting the ball out first and foremost. And I see where he's done that. I thought his accuracy was pretty good on Saturday. You know, he gave Ajay Hall some opportunities to make some plays and he was rewarded for it. So I thought the quarterback situation in general Saturday uh, was good news. Other than the fact we didn't get to see uh, Jalen Milrow, that was right. maybe the biggest disappointment of the whole thing was that we didn't get to see Milrow in the in the scrimmage Saturday. Yeah, and I think it's worth noting too for like you mentioned with Paul Tyson, this game is not set up for him to succeed. In all honesty, mm-hmm. because it's touch football exactly. Yeah. Bryce has that athleticism where he can escape the pocket and escape those outstretched hands. But for a guy like Paul Tyson, who's working with a hodgepodge offensive line and at yeah. one point had all four true freshmen on it and guys like Hakeem Makuda and a Jamarian Latham, um, you know, <laughs> just pinning their ears back and, and going, it's, it's tough. Um, but yeah. I, I think that he has shown improvement. I think Jalen Milrow has shown improvement and it is disappointing that we didn't get to see him in the game, but Bryce Young, it's, it's been clear since really last season. He's he's the next guy, and unless Paul Tyson and Jalen Milrow, you know, just work their ass off this off season and show tremendous improvement, he's he's going to be the starter. Um, it, Bryce Young's going to have to take a step back, and the other guys are going to have to take two steps forward for that to change. That's going to do it for us on the latest edition of the Bama Online Podcast. Charlie, as always, great stuff for us there. At the website, I know you'll have that uh, post-spring depth chart up any time now, right? I mean, because you were getting asked about that within 30 seconds of the completion of the A-Day game. So, I mean, come on, Charlie. Where's the damn depth chart, man? I did. I, did, I was on my phone when I was walking out of the press <laughs> And I don't even think I'd hit the down button on the elevator to leave the fifth floor. And I was just scrolling through the round table. And I saw oh, a yeah. question. And I was just like, geez, I had, I mean, <laughs> listen, you know me, I'm Mr. Prepared. I plan ahead. I already had my content plan yeah. for this week planned yeah. out. So it was on the schedule, but I think people were pissed that it wasn't up. Uh, <laughs> I left the press box. <laughs> oh gosh. Always great stuff, Charlie. We appreciate it, man. No problem, man. So I'm going to get up with you. 
Absolutely. For Charlie Potter, Travis Schreier, thanking you for joining us on the Bama Online Podcast. If you haven't already, how about a subscription to the podcast? Free, simple as a click or two, and you'll get each and every one of these when they drop right there on that trusty mobile device of yours. That's right. The Bama Online Podcast. For Charlie, Travis, thanks. We'll talk to you again real soon.